you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 73 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason, I'm the host of the show, as you all know by now, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Rustling Kid, aka Rich Kid, aka Rich Reviews. Rich, say what's up man. Good afternoon, or well, good evening people, how's everyone doing man? All good, all good, glad to be back in the house and back in the hot seat And we're joined this evening by a very special guest One of our favourite podcast guests and somebody who we welcome back for I believe the third time on the show uh, Mr Nigel Tomasi from Mayamada Nigel, welcome back, how you doing sir? Cool, thanks for having me, I guess third time that's the hat trick right? Yep, exactly yeah. <laughs> I'll wait for yeah, the gold star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your checks in the post, mate. Don't worry. Cool. Checks in the post. <laughs> well, yeah. As said, listeners, it's good to be back. Uh, we're delighted to be back with you again for another episode. I know it's been a little while since we've been able to put some stuff out, and you know, as a result, we've kind of fallen behind a little bit. But we're we're playing catch up, and we've certainly got. Um, plenty of content and ideas that we hope to be um, sharing with you over the coming weeks over various different platforms but we'll talk a little bit more about that later on um, but first of all gentlemen how are you doing uh, how have you been and what have you been up to um, Rich I'll start with you uh, what have you been watching lately um, I just finished the TV show Hunters on Amazon which is basically about a bunch of Nazi hunters in New York in the 1970s and it's kind of based on like a true story um, well, when, I, when I say based on a true story like is they actually were Nazi hunters in the 70s um, just just doing a Nazi huntering <laughs> like you know as you do but um, but it's, it's a really good storyline um, it's a bit outlandish in parts but I, but I like that um, it could have easily just gone down the, the normal dark route but um, yeah, I was. But yeah, I, I did like. I like. I did like the feel of this. Um, it stars Logan Lerman and um, and Al Pacino. Those are the, the probably the biggest stars. And one of the guys from How I Met Your Mother and a couple of other faces that you may recognise but may not know the names. And um, and the best way to describe it is um, Logan Lerman is Spider Man and he's joining the X Men or the Avengers. Um, it's basically Logan Lerman's um, character is called Jonah. His grandmother called Ruth gets killed by a Nazi, and that's basically how he finds out there's like this secret secret organization just hunting them, and he basically wants to join them, and um and it's just that like it's brutal, it's it's savage that like, the language in it is is just cruel as well, but everything just works and just works so well. So I've been watching that, or well, I've finished watching that, and before that I was watching um, Gangs of London, which was the the TV show on Sky Atlantic, which was written and a couple of episodes directed by Gareth Evans, 
who directed them, The Raid and Raid Redemption and I think Apostle on um on Netflix. And um that started off well and then kinda it did kind of trail off towards the last few episodes and they basically just Game of Thrones season date uh you know, the last three episodes where they just try to wrap up everything in like in the space of like three hours. So that was a bit of a letdown. Um but anybody who hasn't watched um Gangs of London basically go and watch it just for the simple fact that it's got some quite surprising leads and the action is just top notch. They've definitely raised the bar in regards to what we can expect or what we should expect to see in regards to say like action scenes from a from a British television programme. So yeah, those are the two main things that I've been watching. And I've been playing Uncharted 4 again just because it's the greatest franchise game ever made. Um come at me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I still need to watch uh, Gangs of London. I haven't really made much time to kind of sit down and watch um, new TV shows as such at, at the moment, but it's on my list, so I'll definitely um, get into that and have a look. I mean, knowing that Gareth Evans is involved is is exciting enough for me because I'm a big fan of the Raid series of films that he made. So, um, yeah, you know, I definitely want to check that out. Uh, Nigel, how about you? What have you been up to, man? Yeah, I've been up to a little bit. I might have to start with that Uncharted comment mm. by Rich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll have to start there. No, actually, I, I really like Uncharted. <laughs> it's definitely one of my favourite franchises. But I, I do have to ask if you've played Last of Us. Oh, well, see, the thing is, now, I haven't pl- I've played, like, the first level of Last of Us. You know the bit where... The, the 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 well I don't even want to bring it up now because it just makes me paranoid. But like when the epidemic, yeah. <laughs> when the epidemic or the well the epidemic for them when it first kicks off and it's Joel okay. and his daughter running away amongst. Uh, right. So I've got so I've yeah, got yeah. that far. Um, but then okay, I'd I'd hold that that comment about Uncharted until you finish the last. Of what us. what I mean yeah that's, no that's, I've I've heard that as well. I mean to be honest, I mean it's the, it's the same people, isn't it? It's, they're all done by Naughty yeah, Dog, so. Yeah. It's not as if it's like DC versus Marvel. <laughs> no, no, it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all yeah. in the family. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I've actually been playing... So I, I finished Last of Us early in mm-hmm. the year, uh, and then I started playing The Last of Us Left Behind, which is like, um, what do you call it, like DLC? Oh, yeah. uh, and it kind of fills in some of the, the gap that takes part in the main story. Uh, I won't say sort of what happens, but... Uh, it fills in the gap story-wise, so it's like a short version of that, and it's just like a continuation of the sort of the really good storytelling that uh, Naughty Dog does in in this mm. game. So that's what I'm playing. Um, been watching a few things just outside of the sort of fictional uh, TV universes. Uh, I've been watching The Last Dance, oh, yeah. which is the sort of documentary about the 1998 Chicago Bulls and specifically Michael Jordan uh, and it just charts that uh, that last season um, where they won the the championship uh, spoiler alert um, for anyone that doesn't know mm-hmm. that um, so it kind of takes you back from well it takes you back to 1998 but it also takes you back to when Jordan started and the sort of the quote unquote characters uh, in the team so sort of um, Scottie Pippen uh, Dennis Rodman um yeah, just all, all the, the players, the sort of coach, um, the manager, general manager. And it's just like a, a story about, you know, the behind the scenes of the, the legend that is Michael Jordan mm. uh, and how he operated. And I remember 
when before the documentary came out I mean it, it's been I think everything that's in there has been produced by Michael Jordan so it's like everything is in there he's allowed to go in there so sort of an, an argument to say is this like the unvarnished truth it probably isn't but um, there was a story about him worried that it would make him look bad in some places mm. uh, I can kind of see why he'd think that but uh, I just think it's a kind of a look into the mindset of, of this particular type of winner yeah um, so yeah really impressed with the and the just production quality of it is great uh, outside of that I've been watching uh, Avatar The Last Airbender uh, very late to the party and uh, I spoke about it on our podcast which you guys were guests on mm-hmm. so I won't go too much into that you have to like listeners will have to go and listen to everything to get the whole story uh, for that but very impressed by that uh, by that show and just the quality of the, the storytelling uh, and like the I guess the maturity of the storytelling for what is a kid's show. Mm. Um, it's quite impressed and sort of taking mental notes. Uh, and then also Gotham. Uh, I'm on season five of Gotham and yeah, enjoying it. it. Has It's had some ups and downs and some inconsistent storytelling and character development. But yeah, sort of, I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it, but uh, I guess I really enjoy the... I guess seeing the characters become the characters we know today. Mm. So you've got um, uh, Bruce Wayne, Selina Kyle, uh, the Riddler, Penguin, uh, Alfred, who's one of my favourite characters in that in that show. And you kind of uh, and Jim Gordon, who's I guess sort of the main character. Or the main character is really Gotham City, but uh, you have this um, yeah the series that kind of charts the progression of all these characters uh, and yeah how they became who we know them as so that's quite a good hook for this show and it kind of has kept me watching over five seasons okay cool cool I, I really want to watch uh, The Last Dance as well that's um, something that a lot of people have been talking about and I'm quite a, a big I'm, I mean I'm not a massive basketball fan but I am a big fan of, of mm. that 98 Bulls team mm. um, and obviously everybody knows everything there is to know about Michael Jordan and his accomplishments yeah. in the game. Um, well, I thought I did. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's a lot of new stuff. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, the thing with him as well is that he's he's garnered a reputation for being quite a prickly character as well. Um, yeah. So I'm, mm. I'm wondering whether that comes through in the series at all or not. You don't have to spoil it, Nigel. I'll, I'll, I'll wait and find okay. out. But... Um, but yeah, he he has certainly gained a, a reputation for being um, yeah difficult, should we say? Um, and I think that kind of comes through with some kind of elite level athletes, especially you know sportsmen who have achieved the amounts that that someone like him has achieved in his career, um, and, and in some cases singularly achieved. So um, it'd be fascinating mm. to, to see the kind of wider context around that and, and what, you know, his former teammates made of him and, and, and things like that as well. So, mm. so yeah, it's definitely um, up there on, on my list to catch up on for sure. Um, for me, I've been watching loads of stuff really since we last recorded. So I'm going to try and narrow down the list um, just to keep it brief. But um and the main kind of key things I've I've been enjoying since we last recorded uh, Kingdom Season 2, um, which I did a Is It Worth a Tenor review for the podcast as well. So make sure you go and check that out. Um, it's absolutely amazing. It 
it totally builds on everything the first season does and and improves on it and comes back with an even grander story than we would have imagined um there's quite a few plot twists left in the tale as well um and it ends on a cliffhanger it's it's perfect it's the perfect season of, of television it really is so if you're a fan of of kind of good tv if you're a fan of horror if you're a fan of uh martial arts if you're a fan of historical dramas go and check out kingdom season two it's it's amazing um castlevania season three i watched as well which was really good i enjoyed that um i'm up to date now with my hero academia the anime um final episode was really cool as well um i found the the season to be a bit slow and sluggish in in places um but the ending is is definitely worth the wait so uh go and check that out if you haven't done that already uh homeland is a series i've, I've really enjoyed um i mentioned that already on uh the podcast we recorded with uh nigel for story by story but um yeah homeland this season has been really good so the, the homeland's been been worth to watch as well and aside from that i have downloaded monster hunter world played the first 20 minutes of it and not touched it since not because it's bad but just because i don't have time to game anymore as i keep saying uh many times on this podcast uh, i do try and make time to game because there's so much stuff out there that i want to play but i just can't seem to do it for some reason i don't know why i struggle so much but yeah, it's a bit annoying, but hey-ho, is what it is, I guess. Um, and what else have I been playing? Oh, and Judgment. I'm continuing on with Judgment as well. Um, Judgment is a, a really cool game that's um, sort of set in the same universe as Yakuza, the Yakuza franchise, for any Yakuza fans listening, but not quite. Um, it's the same area. It is Kamurocho, um, so it's the same area of Tokyo. Um, so there's quite a few familiar spots that you kind of see from the Yakuza games that pop up in Judgment. But Judgment's a, a slightly different story. It's a different character. And even though it does feature um, the Yakuza and the Japanese underworld, um, it doesn't do so as heavily. Uh, I've only just started Chapter 2. Um, and I've had the game since... God how long has it been months <laughs> Put it that way. It's been months. <laughs> and i've only just started chapter two so that again is to show you how like little time i have to game these days but yeah it's really good it's scratching my yakuza itch so um i would definitely recommend that to you as well if you haven't tried that out already now um as said we've uh welcomed back nigel to the show who's uh, a recurring guest and he, he, in fact he's part of the Wulong Talks furniture here um, you know Nigel has, has been on the show many a time um, and as said we also have made an appearance on Nigel's podcast uh, Story by Story um, on this particular episode we're talking about Wonder Woman and, and reappraising the movie and um, kind of re-examining uh, the movie after its initial release date and seeing how it holds up today and um, to today's standards and things like that and it was a really fun chat so um, make sure you go and check that out um, Nigel will let you know a little bit later where you can find uh, the story by story podcast out in the internet world but um, before we continue on I'm afraid we have to have the dreaded COVID-19 chat because um, well we haven't really <laughs> spoken on it and we haven't really given our, our views on it because we've we've been away um, and, and busy so so yeah, we kind of had to have the conversation, unfortunately, um, especially because it's affecting pretty much everything that, that we enjoy and we do, you know, um, TV shows, movies, uh, all sorts are getting postponed, as you probably know by now, there's no live events anymore. 
San Diego Comic Con for this year was um, postponed until next year. Although there has been some talk recently that there might be an online event. Um, I'm not sure what kind of shape that takes or what it looks like, but apparently that's something that's going to happen and that's a thing. But um, yeah, many, many events have have been affected. And, um, you know, Nigel being a, a small business owner in the geek world who you know um creates your own manga and and looks to put that out in the market and has merchandise based around that and puts it out in the market um you know covid19 surely must have affected uh mayamada so how you know how are things holding up at the moment with uh mayamada and what have been kind of the big challenges that you faced yeah it it has really been a massive uh massive impact and one uh that i i didn't I guess I didn't really appreciate until sort of mid-March when, like you say, everything started shutting down. And I think the first thing for me was, uh, so I had a few events in March that got cancelled, um, but just before that, I think they they announced the postponement of E3. And even though it's, in the grand scheme of things, sort of trivial, for me, that was like a oh, this has now impacted my world. <laughs> that was the, the first instance of uh, something impacting on what I w- I consider, you know, in my sphere of uh, of operation. And I was like, oh, if that's you know the biggest event in the games industry is being cancelled that far out, that means everything can be cancelled. And sure enough, everything was cancelled and and has been. So yeah, it's just been a case of having to deal with the I guess the financial implications and uh, obviously the sort of like mental health implications associated with the whole sort of period of lockdown and and self-isolation that we've been in so it's been having to deal with it on on those two ends so trying to keep yourself going but then also keep uh, the business and then other people uh, going uh, to a certain extent uh, as well and it's kind of feels like uh, I can't remember which uh, Marvel film that was, but it was a Captain America where uh, it was a scene where Captain America had to hold the the helicopter and the platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah Winter, Winter, Winter so Soldier. F- Winter yeah. Soldier. Okay, no, right, it wasn't Winter Soldier. Was it Civil, it was Civil War? War. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Civil War. Okay. Yeah, I know because Civil War is my favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why so, I remember. So like, I feel yeah. like that scene, except with like drastically less muscle, but trying to hold everything together. Uh, in this very turbulent time, so yeah, it's 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 been a challenge and kind of uh, also forced us to to adapt. I guess you you kind of have to, and uh, like with San Diego Comic Con and, and a number of other conventions, just going sort of digital and uh, seeing what we can do there. But then as a business, trying to establish, you know, how do we make money in in this sort of um, new new world almost because um, a lot of what we do like conventions workshops with young people depends on being in the same room so when you can't do that it sort of throws out all the plans you had uh, so yeah it's just it's been a sort of constant rolling challenge hmm. yeah no I can completely understand I mean it, it must be incredibly difficult for you and, and for other kind of independent creatives in this environment because um, you know as you said the, the, the challenges that this situation has thrown up have been significant um, not just on a business level but on a personal level too 
Um, I mean, I know, you know, for myself um, and for those who are listening who know, um, you know, I've found it really difficult at times and I've been lucky that, you know, I have a, a family around me. I have my son, I have my wife and, you know, I I have kind of a safety blanket. But even with that, it's still been really difficult to kind of adjust to, to kind of working from home and, and doing everything in your home environment and only being outside for an hour and then coming back inside again. And, you know, on paper, it sounds great. It sounds like, oh, my God, like I could just sit down and Netflix all day and, you know, and play games all day and it's going to be terrific. But then you know, we are social animals and, and we kind of crave contact. And um, yeah, when you can't get that, you, you do end up feeling very alone. And, and as you said, having difficulties with your mental health and, you know, it does get to you. Um, Rich, you know, you know, I mean, I know you're usually a, a very positive guy. Um, so, you know, how, how have you found the, the whole kind of situation we found ourselves in and, and how have you been able to cope with it all? I mean, to be honest, I've, like, like you said, I'm, I'm quite a positive guy, but same thing for me. And I think the same thing for everyone else. Some, quite a few people have been trying to say like it, ha- it hasn't really affected them. And they've then turned around later on down the line and gone like it did affect them. And I was like that at first. Um, yeah, it, it took me at least a month, at least a month to get used to it. Like, um, I was just trying to approach things as I, as I normally would. Which I don't think is 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 the right way to do it. I think you, this is something that nobody's ever well, <laughs> unless you unless you unless you've spent like a little stint in Her Majesty's, like nobody's ever really had to do this type of thing before, if you know what I mean. Um, so for the there was a good little while, but I, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I was I definitely felt lost, and the weirdest feeling is like feeling lost in your own house, like you like you get up and you're just like, <laughs> what do I do now, and like. You know, you know, like you wake up, you wake up when you want to wake up, you know, you, you work how you want to work, but then you, you're still, you know, bound by these, by these rules. Um, so to be fair, I mean, it took me a little bit, took me a little while, but then obviously working, um, doing homeschooling with Luca as well. And then, then just doing the things that I enjoy doing, like I've really, really gravitated towards that a lot more. Um, so obviously like I've been doing a lot more reading, I've doing a, been doing a lot more training, you know, you guys can go have a look at my Instagram. There's a couple of, um, I feel cute, I feel, no, I felt cute, might delete them later, but I haven't deleted them, so you can go see them now, kind of type of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at the same time, you know, like, you know, me and Jay have been, we've been putting a lot more time and effort into the podcast, which is hopefully you're going to see the, the, you know, the spoils of that in, in the next few months as well. So as much as it's got its downtime, like, you know, I think once you find your strides, it is still gonna be hard, but you know it. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and I think once once you can see that light and you can head towards it, then then you're you're doing good, and that's where I am right now. Cool, cool, yeah. Well, that's good, man. I mean, as said, listeners, Rich is one of the most positive guys I know. So you know, he's somebody who I can always come turn to when I am feeling low or when I'm feeling like I, I can't cope with with things and um you know he's usually somebody who sets me on the straight and narrow again um so you know if he even even he is saying that the situation is difficult then you know don't feel bad for finding the situation difficult um and as he said you know it's not just 
you it's it's all of us so how we deal with problems is we deal with them by you know coming together and, and trying to solve them together and you know that's a great strength of of humanity and, and human beings so you know if you're somebody out there who who is dealing with this situation by yourself uh don't feel afraid to get in touch with us and and have a chat about any old random thing you know, um, we don't even have to talk about COVID-19. In fact, we prefer you if you didn't, um, you yeah. know, come and chat to us <laughs> about video games, books, you know, movies you've seen recently, stuff you want us to review or to talk about, anything like that, um, you know, feel free to, to get in touch. Uh, there'll be a short trailer at the end of the podcast with our contact details, so you'll know how to get involved and, and to give us a shout if you need to. And now, so, just, um, so, so, Jay, just, just to add to that, so, yeah. Jay, if I, if I could just add to that as well, like, where Jason's saying that you can contact us, like, obviously, if you are feeling a bit of a way and you don't want to actually just add on the page, don't feel no way about sliding in the DMs as much as it is, like, you know, that's said in jest. Like, you know, I know some people like to be private as well, so you can easily just message us directly and, and we'll, we can take it from there as well, man. So, you know, that, like, don't, you know, so that that's one thing, or that's another thing, should I say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, slide in the DMs by all means, man. The, the DMs are always open, or whether that be on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, you know, they're, they're always open to, to people. So please do get in touch with us. And we also have an email address as well. So if you don't want to use social media, you can always just send us an email the old-fashioned way. So that's absolutely fine too. Um, yeah, so definitely let us know how uh, you're feeling and, and what you want to talk about, and we'll get back to you. Um, but yeah, I said to move on to um, slightly more positive chat. Well, hugely more positive chat. We want to talk to, to Nigel a little bit about um, what he's been working on with uh, the Mayor Marder brand and how things have kind of been going with him. Um, so Nigel, in terms of um, Hot Lunch, you know, you've got the new volume that's out now, uh, Hot Lunch Volume 1, which is available. That's available on digital download now, isn't it? That is that is it? Wait, hold on. Uh, yes, it is somewhere. I had to think about that. I had to think about that. You you would have thought I'd, I'd know what I'm doing, but yeah, it is. So I put it on um, Amazon and Comicsology, uh, so it's available there, and it's available in uh, sort of paper format on our website as well. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, I mean, we do recommend listeners that you you go and check that out. Nigel was kind enough to to send us um, digital copies as well. Um, and it's a really good read and you know what's fantastic about it is it's good for all ages too so if you've got mm. youngsters who uh, maybe just starting to get into comics and into manga and things like that um, then it's a, a brilliant way to, to kind of introduce them to those art forms and, and to show them how cool they can be um, so we'll get to chat to Nigel a little bit about that um, but yeah to really was to ask you a bit about um, you know how you managed to get together Hot Lunch Volume 1 because I know there was a whole process that you had to go through in order to to get that out there for people um, and also to ask mm. you a little bit about a story by story podcast but we'll start with with hot lunch first so um, you know what was as said the process that kind of took you to to getting hot lunch volume one together and, and get it out to market yeah it, it was an interesting process this time around so uh, we've done a few Kickstarters, uh, crowdfunding uh, campaigns to to raise funds for our uh, production, for the production of our comics. And Hot Lunch uh, came about, or the campaign for Hot Lunch came about, so I think early 2019, 
so it's hard to remember anything pr- um, prior to coronavirus. It's like there's like mm. today and then there's before coronavirus and that's the only two dates I have in my calendar. Um, but um, so we ran a we ran a campaign and it got to 81% of its funding goal. So for those familiar or not familiar with Kickstarter, it's an all or nothing uh, crowdfunding platform. So if you don't reach a minimum of 100% of your target, uh, you get exactly zero um, pounds and zero pence. So it was quite a, a tough thing to sort of get to 81% and then get nothing for uh, what I felt was sort of our, at least our best prepared, I think our best run campaign. Mm. So it's quite difficult for sort of for me personally to take where I felt I did everything right and still fell sh- fell short. Like if I if I'd messed up somewhere, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. We did, we could fix this and and such and such. But for yeah, for that, especially when it it started like really well, I think we raised about a grand in the first twenty four hours or so, mm. and it just like stalled from there but um anyway we sort of sort of got over that we ran another campaign which was successful and set about sort of making a comic at that point i'd written sort of 90 percent of it so the majority of the the funds were for the um the artwork um, to pay the illustrator and then to get the the initial run uh printed and yeah we sort of set on that um sort of mid mid 2000 19 I think um, again dates uh, but uh, from the the point of view of the production like actually making or producing artwork and editing and all that it was a very kind of smooth process the thing that um, held us up for this one was the sort of the, the personal kind of um, difficulties that we were going through sort of individually as a team so um, we had our um, our illustrator uh, sort of was going through something sort of personally and um, with people for herself and people um, in her life uh, we had our uh, co-founder Lao um, sort of leave the leave the business sort of uh, in the summer last year and that was a difficult thing for me to sort of get my head around and and deal with um, I mean uh, he you know left on good terms it's not necessarily that but just now having to be responsible for everything in the business mm-hmm. um yeah that was a, a tough thing and then uh sort of i uh, uh sort of my father passing at, towards the end of the year um and yeah just in in all that having to still produce and put out uh a book <laughs> which we sort of eventually did so i think when it it yeah, it sounds it like you faced a lot of challenges sort of um, trying like, to get yeah, this thing put together. So, I mean, kudos to it, you for it, managing to, like, to do it. I mean, that must feel like a tremendous yeah, achievement, sort of just seeing it out there in the world, considering all all of the, um, the the things you've had to face in, in the period, getting it mm. up to um, up to publishing and, and, and ready to, to distribute. So, um, yeah, huge kudos to you, man. Yeah. Uh, no, no, thank mm. you, and it's been good to see the reaction from people as well who who have read it and sort of the positive. Reaction. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like the, there's been some kind of positive reaction. I mean, we're just kind of perusing the the internet and seeing, um, mm. 
you know, different reactions to the books say that, you know, your, your hard work and your perseverance has paid off. So, um, you know, let that be a, a, a perfect lesson to anybody out there who's in the creative space doing doing their thing right now and, and maybe finding it a little bit difficult, you know, um, keep going because there is definitely room out there for you and, you know, there is an audience for you too. So, um, you know, let Lionel's um, experiences be, be the guide. Um Rich, sorry, did you want to uh, come in and, and say something? No, 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 no. I was like saying like, like, I mean, I know, I know you went through. So I know what well, I know. You guys, uh, well, my Yamada was going through some stuff. I didn't know it was like that, man. Like, like literally. Just, I mean, yeah. yeah it was, I was, literally, I was waiting for you to say it that at the, at the end you got the ring and you threw it. You threw it in the volcano. <laughs> but but either way, no. But no, well done, man. Like well done. Um, yeah. Like like I said, I mean, like I've said before on the podcast. Like, I think when we first met you, you guys were just starting up. So, like, you know, so to see you, mm-hmm. like, even to get to this point, whether you make a Kickstarter or you don't make a Kickstarter, like, we know how hard you work. We know how good your work is and everything. And, like, you know, and, and I think, like you've said before, you know, when you've come on the show, like, you know, to our listeners, it's not easy. It's always going to be work. You know, you just don't get up. Same thing like doing a podcast. You just don't say, oh, I want to do this. And, and it just, it just, you know, it just happens. There's a, there's a lot of dedication and hard work that, that goes behind it. And um, yeah, like, you know, you just telling your story, that's just testament to that. So well done to you, man. Well, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I, again, I like, appreciate all the sort of support you guys are given um, back when we did have conventions. <laughs> I just enjoyed like you guys coming by mm. the table and, um, yeah, and just having a chat and uh, bringing other, others with you as well. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Absolutely awesome, man. Um, has there been any kind of movement uh, on, you know, kind of getting yourselves, uh, Mayamada, involved in any of like these digital conventions that that people are proposing to do um, over the coming months and stuff? Have, have you heard any kind of news around that? Yeah, well, it's it's yeah interesting you say that because I've had a recent conversation where. I think we, we had um we had a comic creator from Holland or Netherlands uh, I should say uh, on our show and then I think she's sort of recommend us recommended us for an online convention um, that's been put together uh, in the Netherlands so I've been having some conversations about potentially taking part in that um, and then I, I think some of the conventions later on in the year so so September onwards because we're still in this uncertain place I think there might be some opportunities coming up uh, depending how the situation with the coronavirus goes where what were planned to be physical conventions um, might switch uh, sort of early on to digital conventions uh, and there might be opportunities there so yeah it's nothing sort of concrete yet uh, except for our own sort of digital (laughs) event that we're putting together for Gamepad um, but yeah, just sort of, I guess it's it's a weird time because you want to, obviously we all want to do the physical conventions, um, but when you've got the situation where you just, you cannot um, do it and you still need to keep like the, the branding. So you st- as a brand, you still need to be out and have people know, <laughs> knowing you exist and, and being able to be reminded of your presence um so then you start looking towards like okay how can we do this online so yeah just looking out for opportunities that might come up to put ourselves forward for cool cool um 
one thing I wanted to ask you about as well was uh, Gamepad, um, which I know is another event that uh, Mayamada um, mm. hosts, and we've spoken about it on previous podcasts before. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of Gamepad, how is 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 that shaping up under this environment as well? Because I know you you've said there might be some potential kind of ideas to to get something together um, for that this year. So yeah. Yeah, uh, that's been um, it's been challenging, but I think I think we're we've got something we can work on, or some things we can work on. Um, so when sort of everything started shutting down, um, events and and sort of uh, in real life meeting wise, I guess the the easiest thing that I could do was uh, so we also do workshops. So I deliver workshops in like schools and libraries and youth hubs, and uh, I was able to take the the format and adapt it for online delivery uh, so again sort of having some conversations with people about hopefully doing something um, online uh, and that was relatively straightforward to adapt the challenging one was gamepad because so gamepad is our um, community video game event where so our aim is to promote inclusion and diversity through video games and we make a point of sort of meeting in the real world and uh, inviting or you know sort of um, bringing together sort of people from different backgrounds so uh, not just the the quote-unquote stereotype of who plays games but uh, sort of guys girls people from different uh, ethnic backgrounds people with different experiences so some people who are used to playing games and attending events some people who might not even own a console or consider themselves a gamer uh, so we've been doing that for a number of years and and it's been all about the events or physical events so it's kind of difficult to to think about how do we adapt an event that's all about meeting in the real world for online and then the as a business of how do you then make money from that um so yeah just having to rethink not not necessarily rethink but i guess clarify what we do with the event what the aims of the event are and then how we can take those aims and still sort of uh, pursue them uh, online. So we've come up with the idea uh, of, first of all, sort of uh, putting together an online community through Discord um, for the event. And I think that's something that we probably needed to do sort of regardless of sort of pandemic or no pandemic. Um, but then on top of that is putting together an online gamepad event uh, and what we're going to do is sort of put together a, a live stream event, which is hosted by uh, Tazzy, uh, who's also my co-host on uh, our podcast. And it'll just be like a, um, sort of an entertaining day built around this uh, friendly competition that's going to take place between different groups of people that would uh, that might take part in a physical gamepad event. But in between the rounds of this competition, we want to also make room for other people in the industry and around the industry to sort of submit uh, video content that we can um, that we can mm. play during mm. the live stream uh, and then also talk to people within the video games industry for interviews so kind of mixing that entertainment but also the I guess the educational and, and career path um, sort of content uh, for those aspiring to be in the industry so you kind of got those two things that's always been a part of the the physical gamepad events and uh hopefully now can be a part of these online experiences yeah that sounds really good actually um you know it, it it's great to see that uh the the principles of gamepad and the things that 
make gamepad what it is are, are, are things that could still be carried out in in this environment so um yeah best of luck to you and, and definitely keep us informed as to um what's happening with that as well and we'll uh, do our bit to um make sure everybody out there is aware of, of what's happening with that so yeah awesome man um also i wanted to talk to you a little bit about your podcast as well which has um been going on for a little while I mean, how long has it been going on for now Yeah, uh, I've, I should know this, March or May. Sometime yeah, it was about spring, last year, wasn't it? I, I couldn't remember when exactly yeah. last year it started. But yeah, Neither <laughs> I, that's a good sign, the podcast. <laughs> Host doesn't know when it started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Story by Story is a, a really um, interesting kind of podcast concept. Um, could you just kind of tell the, the listeners a little bit about story by story, kind of how it, it came about, how you got inspired to, to kind of put this podcast out there and, and what it is that, that you do with it? Mm, so I think actually part of the reason why I, I, I get my times mixed up is because we started it uh, from uh, with Lau as co-host. So when he was still in um, in the company, and it had been an idea that he had had for a number of years and he'd always sort of bring up every so often like we should do a podcast and uh, and put that out and for whatever reason I'd, I'd never to quite be on it like I'd, I'd never like I acknowledge it was a you know it was a good idea but for whatever reason just never uh, cared to sort of take it forward uh, and I think it just got to sort of early 2019 and Lab brought it up again I just thought Okay, you've you've brought it up. It is a good idea. Let's do it and stop like just talking about it. Let's actually do it and see if we can make it work. Um, so yeah, we started working on a a concept and a uh, and a format and sort of landed on sort of us being storytellers. We would talk about stories and in the process uh, try and help um, other storytellers to uh, yeah make better stories or, or help them think about things that can uh, get them to make better stories so what we do is we typically we've we've now sort of developed to like different slightly different types of format but the main show format is where we will pick a, a story so it could be a story from uh, film from tv from comics from video games mm. even and we'll just do a deep dive on that story uh, and then, yeah, sort of share thoughts and different perspectives, and where the um, the story uh, did well, where it could have uh, done better. Uh, and then towards the end of an episode, I will make an attempt to pull out like a storytelling tip uh, to give to people. And uh, I kind of I do this not like uh, I'm an expert, and you must like take what I say uh, as gospel, but just as a practitioner as, as someone who also makes stories and just is trying to learn uh, to to tell better stories uh, and I feel there's that saying of you know if you want to learn something the best way to learn is to teach so in the process of talking about these stories or breaking them down and giving a storytelling tip uh, I find it helps me 
um, sort of be able to identify these things in, in the stories that I'm working on. So yeah, it's hopefully like a kind of win-win thing, like people get value from it, uh, I get value from it as well. Uh, and then since then we've also added a couple different um, show formats so we also because video games is a part of the brand from time to time we will have like video game roundtable discussions where we bring a bunch of people to talk about the latest news and games we're playing um, but then also because I have a uh, you know, I'm, I'm very mindful of putting video games forward as something that can also tell good stories. Uh, we have sort of discussions around video games and storytelling. And one of the ones, I think our next episode coming up is about The Last of Us, which is why I was quick to point out <laughs> to Rich uh, early on. Uh, and then, yeah, we just have like some uh, every so often interviews with creators of stories um, uh, from different uh, industries. So, yeah, that's kind of the the different formats we've we're working on at the moment. Awesome, awesome. Well said, yeah. listeners. Uh, make sure you go and check that that podcast out. It's um, it's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm not just saying that because we appeared on the last one, uh, <laughs> but it is a lot of fun. It is good. <laughs> you're, you're obligated to say so, that. So um, go check it out. I mean, I liked the. Um, the episode you did on all you need is kill um you know uh, i i thought that was a really fascinating mm. chat because um you know i know the the movie the tom cruise movie though i can't remember the name what was the name again rich live die um oh edge of tomorrow edge of tomorrow that was it yeah yeah it's now oh, called no, live die repeat now, isn't it yeah live, live, live die repeat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I didn't know a lot at all about the history of, of the manga that it's based on or, or anything like that. Um, so to kind of get that understanding from, from your podcast was great for me as a fan to to get that kind of uh, deep dive and, and to see the, the kind of background and stuff. So, um, yeah, can't re- recommend it enough, listeners, really. Yeah, I mean, even that. Even that episode was uh, was funny because we we covered uh, Live Die Repeat, although it was Edge of Tomorrow when we were mm. recording. Uh, but we covered that earlier, or um, well, last year, and I think uh, everyone on the show hadn't seen it before, so we watched it for the show. Uh, and I was kind of like, you know, I'll watch it and we'll comment on it. But then as I was watching, I'm like, actually, this is really good. This is a really good um, film. So if you listen to that, uh, podcast, you'll find like we're all just pleasantly mm. surprised, and we're all like, "Oh, I didn't think it would be that good." So after that, we thought, "Okay, we 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 have to sort of review the the source material," and went back and uh, yeah, read the manga, which is uh, excellent. Sort of yeah, really good story and uh, well told and uh, fantastic illustrations. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. It's it it sounds like it is. It's definitely something I'm going to pick up. Were Were you ever familiar with the the manga at all, Rich? Like, had you ever heard about it, or or were you more familiar with the movie? I, I actually I actually had heard about it, but um, I actually haven't read that much manga to be honest. Um, so basically, where I'd, I'd heard of it, I was like, okay, cool. That sounds pretty cool. Um, but I did see Edge of Tomorrow, um, and I, I think I saw it when it literally just after it came out. I'm not sure if I, I can't remember if I saw it in the cinema or not. But I remember like I remember loving the film, and um, just for the simple fact, it was you know, it wasn't just another Mission Impossible film that which I'm I'm not dogging in any way because I think Mission Impossible is easily one of the best franchises that we have in cinema right now. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a slight departure from seeing Ethan Hunt knowing what to do all the time. 
And I think it's something that Tom Cruise hadn't done in, in quite some time where he's like, he seems to be out of the loop. So I, so I really enjoyed the film. But um, in regards to the manga, I did know there was one, but I haven't read it. But like like um, Nigel said, I've heard that the, the storytelling is really good and, the, and the, the drawings are just amazing. Yeah, yeah, the artwork, some of the artwork I've seen is, is brilliant, man. So yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, listeners, if you haven't checked it out already. Uh, now, Nigel, I wanted to ask you a little bit um, because, you know, Story by Story focuses a lot on story, um, it includes in the name. <laughs> but, um, you know, I because the, you, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made sure yeah. so people would know. <laughs> but, um, you know, because you, you, you come from a, a creative background where, you know, story plays a big part in, in what you do with uh, the manga that you've produced now and, and the previous ones as well. Um, I wanted to ask you a bit about your kind of storytelling process, basically, and, and to find out kind of how, um, you know, you, you come up with the, the seed of an idea and then you kind of tend it into this tree of a story. Because um, for those that, that don't know who are listening, uh, Mayamada actually have like a whole universe almost of of uh, different characters with stories that, that do interconnect and, and, and recurring themes and recurring characters and things like that. And that's not an easy thing to do um, from the ground up. So what is kind of the, the sort of storytelling process that, that you follow when you're you're kind of struck by inspiration and decide you want to do a new manga or, or create a new character? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a long process. And I think when we first started, so just like some background for myself, um, I, I didn't actually study any kind of storytelling or, or comic making. Um, I did engineering in university and worked as a software engineer and decided I don't want to make comics. So it's definitely been a, a learning curve. And I think when we first started, we, or let me not speak for everyone, uh, for, for now, but I thought it'd be quicker. <laughs> I just thought like the process would be quicker, uh, and I was so so wrong. Um, but sort of over the years, have developed a sort of uh, kind of storytelling process. Uh, so for me, what I've come to learn and, and be guided by is when we make a story, is is to have like the message uh, of the story or the moral of the story, if you want to mm. use that term, uh, without necessarily. Cause you know, sometimes you get stories that are, uh, that preach a certain uh, idea or certain perspective so nothing like that but I kind of like um, I like what Pixar do and for me like they're some of the best storytellers and you you look at their films and their stories are about something mm. um, like you know Toy Story comes out and it's it's about uh, this character having to deal with sharing uh, sort of love and affection from his owner with another toy and the jealousy that comes from that um, so I like having a message and, and something that I'm exploring uh, with the story. So I kind of start from there. Uh, and then it sort of tends to sit and I'm someone who likes to uh, work on pen and paper. So quite old school in that way. So I'll have a notepad, uh, although I do also have a digital note taking app. But either way, I'll just, just write loads of notes. So notes on characters, notes on themes, notes on... Uh, scenarios that could be uh, in in the story uh, and then just do that for months uh, sometimes years the one uh, I'm working on now uh, or sort of hot lunch is one and then uh, our next one uh, and then at some point we'll have a rough idea of when we want to release a story uh, it tends to be around a convention 
uh, and then that gives us a deadline and something to work towards so I'm in this process now with what will be our next manga after Hot Lunch um, where now I start to put it into a more structured form so I start to collect all these notes uh, and I work towards putting together an outline so I'll kind of uh, I'm sort of big on outlining the story so you know uh, what the message is that you're trying to deliver through the story or explore um, through the story a rough idea of how the story ends and then mapping out sort of you know the plot how do you get from sort of the beginning uh, to the end and um, yeah all the character arcs that take place there so once I've got that outline I, I, that then goes to the uh, the illustrator and our editor and speaking of Pixar kind of we've we've taken the uh, the method that Pixar used to examine their stories which they call the brain trust and I picked this up in a in a book Creativity Inc which was written by one of the co-founders I can't remember which one uh Hmm. Um, not the one that left yeah I can't remember his name either the, uh, oddly enough the only guy I remember is John Lasseter <sighs> the one who left <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's what, that's what yeah. I was thinking <laughs> to be honest <laughs> his crimes yeah. maybe we shouldn't be remembering so him, not but, yeah but yeah, um, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but in the, in the book Creativity Inc, they they outline this process called the Brain Trust, where uh, the the director in their case will kind of present the story as it is uh, for feedback from the directors and anyone else involved. So uh, we've taken to do a similar process where I'll so present the story uh, where it is to our illustrator and editor and it's for them to give feedback um, on the story and it's just a chance for us to sort of kick the tires a little bit while we're in the earlier stages um, so it's much easier to you know make changes to an idea or take out this this part or completely change this character uh, than it is when you're actually writing or even uh, even worse drawing like the pages that's the worst time to make you know drastic changes so this just helps streamline the process it's something we did on uh, hot lunch and uh, like I say from the production side it was very uh, smooth uh, it was a lot smoother because of it uh, so yeah, so from there we have this this outline. Once everyone's sort of uh, relatively happy with it, I'll then go and start working on the actual script, uh, which is you know who says what when uh, and all that kind of uh, direction. So you've got those two documents, and those are me telling the story to the illustrator, uh, and then the illustrator is sketching the pages of the story and telling the story back to me, uh, which kind of sounds a bit weird but it, it gives a chance to I guess it allows for interpretation so a lot of the times like I really enjoy that process because it's I get to see the story in a different light um, so visually but also where she has taken some of the things I've said maybe not exactly as I said them but in the spirit of them and it kind of comes out better than I might have intended which is really cool um, so yeah we, we do that um, we might have a Kickstarter in there uh, as a way to fund the process. Um, and then we'll have, like, eventually we'll have sort of finished work, uh, sort of massive JPEG files we'll put into a sort of uh, into a collection, send it to the printer, and then eventually we get uh, a box of, of comics that we can go and showcase. Yeah, it's a lot uh, of work, people. So, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you ever mm. thought it was going to be easy to do this yeah. kind of thing, then, yeah, now yes. you've just dispelled that myth for you. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's um, like I said, I, I didn't realize how much work I uh, was involved, but I think over the years I've, I've come to appreciate um, appreciate the process because I think when you when you tell a good story and like I said when you have like this message that you're trying to explore it it's a really good uh, process to go through because you start thinking about you know like I said Toy Story for example you know this idea of jealousy what does it mean like to be jealous and how does that sort of manifest itself and uh, who does it affect how is it manifest in different people you start kind of picking themes apart and you find that stories are whether it's about you know toys uh, or whatever types of characters in our case anthropomorphic characters like a good story is a human story that um that people can sort of connect with on on different levels so yeah it's been able to cool kind of cool i mean it's interesting area. how you you kind of um you start with almost the message um and then kind of go from from there because um you know some people I mean, everybody obviously has different methods mm. but um you know some people might start with uh the character first and and say okay I want to tell a story about this specific type of of person or, or in the case of Mayamada this specific type of animal um you know so it's a, where does my story go from there so so in terms of like your characters and stuff do you kind of um start with the message and then say okay um what kind of characters am i going to use to convey this message and and you know what is the the journey that this character goes on to get to the point where the message becomes um you know the the, the main crux of the story um is that something that happens very fairly sort of early on in the creative process for you mm. yeah it, it's been a bit it's been a bit weird for us because so I think like whether you start with the message uh, up front uh, and even in our case it will it will shift and, and change but there's always some kind of like area we're trying to aim for uh, I think any any good story will have some message even if you start with the characters like you subconsciously you'll 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 have something you're trying to say with those characters um, but I think for us uh, it's been interesting because we're in this period where our process might change again. So all the stories we're working on now are actually the the stories and characters that we thought of, you know, in the first few months maybe of the brand, like just just brainstorming uh, characters. So the first four stories, Samurai Chef, Serious, Hot Lunch, and Eleventh Hour, which I'm working on now, they're all the stories that uh, we thought of, you know, early on. Uh, so once Eleventh Hour is done like volume one now everything beyond is is coming into this like this new way we're telling stories which is you know sort of the the message first i guess uh whereas before it's kind of been a mix and sometimes we've had ideas for characters before there's been a message um so with 11th hour i'm kind of uh, and this was a story that Lau thought of, uh, which I'm now taking over uh, and finishing. And uh, I'm, I've been working on picking out the messages and what the characters mean um, according to the, the themes of the story and then putting it together um, into a story. So I do like to have, yeah, I kind of like to start with there, although sometimes we do have just, just interesting characters and it's about making that work in, in the context of the mm. story and the mm. theme. 
So it can Ooh, work. Thank you, ways. man. Well, that is definitely a, a deep dive into the creative process. Um, you know, we Nigel. This is why we always love to have Nigel on the show because you know you always get some interesting insights into kind of how um, the creative process works for. Uh, somebody like him and, and how it kind of can work for you as well so as I said if you're a creative listening um, make sure you're taking some notes <laughs> um, Rich did you want to add anything mm. to that? <laughs> no I, I just I just found it fascinating like I always like li- listening to Nigel talk um, especially when it comes to like the background stuff of, of, put, of putting the work out um, I just like the fact that I, I always find it fascinating when you hear, like, the, like you said, the different methods that people have of how they put a story together. Um, so obviously, you know, you've got like the Marvel, the Marvel methods. DC have their own way of telling stories. You know, like you know, some people write the story first, and then they're like, okay, cool, we're going to add images to it. You know, you were saying about how Pixar, you know, they they have like a, a distinct message that they want to convey. Then they might be like, okay, then cool, let's do, let's 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 make it, let's base it around this. And that will make it easier for everyone to go, you know, you know, to to get to understand it. But I just I just love hearing that that creative process, like, and I think that maybe that's that's maybe that's another thing that other people who want to be more creative in telling stories or, you know, making a podcast, is not just getting from A to Z. You can you can do it in any way you want as long as you get to the the required destination. You don't need to do how this person's doing it. You just got to do how, how you feel right. But I just love listening to how, like, like the process in which you got to do, in which you got to go through to, you know, to, to get to get the work done, man. It's, it's yeah, not as amazing. absolutely, 100%. So thanks a lot for sharing that with us today, Nigel. Um, that, that was uh, really informative, man. Appreciate that, 100%. All right, man. Well, let's uh, yeah, no wrap problem. up with something a little bit more fun. Well, not that the last... Uh, hour almost hasn't been fun um it has been fun but um <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. skip forward to this podcast, yeah, just everybody. skip forward to this but, podcast. Um, yeah i mean to, to have a little bit of fun I, I thought it would be cool if we kind of um talked a little bit about some of our favorite uh, stories and um some of the stories that have really kind of stuck with us over the years um so you know i was thinking we could kind of like name some of our, our favorite stories and, and how they've maybe kind of affected us um i was gonna say we'll, we'll do manga but i thought you know what let's broaden it out a little bit and and make it open to all different types and, and forms but um i think i'll personally will stick with man- manga just to kind of keep with the um the, the theme of this podcast episode and, and keep with the story we're telling <laughs> in this episode so um Nigel, as our guest, uh, you, you've got the distinct <laughs> honour of going first. So um, what are some of the uh, kind of stories that have really stuck with you? And, and they don't necessarily have to be manga ones, but but ones that you've kind of read or, or played for a video game or, or even watched in a movie or a TV show that have really just kind of um, always kind of stayed with you and stuck a, struck a chord with you. Yeah, um, I've, yeah, I've yeah, got a lot. Absolutely. Can I give two specific yeah, ones? Absolutely. One's an anime, one's a video game. Um, so I'll start with the, the anime, and I, I recently watched Gurren Lagann, uh, which is a really good like mech uh, mm. anime, and I don't know what its rating is, but it's got to be like near 10 out of 10 because it's, it's such a good uh, anime, and it, it does the thing of... Sort of like manga and uh, anime, 
tends to do and focus on like what characters go through internally uh, and you'll find different sorts of characters so uh, another thing that I, I do like about sort of manga and anime it, it also puts forward the the protagonist that isn't necessarily what we in the west would assume uh, is the, the typical hero quote-unquote hero character um, and so Gurren Lagann is about sort of this world where people kind of can't <laughs> you know what I just realized can't go outside <laughs> and are stuck in their case like in these underground kind of not quite bunkers but underground um, villages uh, I think is the word they use <laughs> and yeah they're scared of the outside which I'm just realizing how kind of uh, apt this is for uh, today's world but uh, you've got this character uh, Simon or Simon as he's um, called on the show and his his like his best friend um, uh, is like the typical kind of hero character but he's actually not the main character Simon is the main character and he's this this boy I think when the show starts he's about uh, I'm going to say 15 somewhere around there uh, and he's very insecure he's very lacking in self-belief and throughout this journey he has to basically become the, the hero that others believe that others see in him but he doesn't at the time and it just handles that progression really well um, and it also it deals with uh, without sort of spoiling too much it deals with uh, death in a very uh, I thought very like honest way so it doesn't just uh, skip over it. it it sticks with the with the characters um, so yeah I don't want to get too much into that otherwise I'll just like give it away but highly highly recommended and it's kind of uh, it's really stuck for me as that kind of the the character becoming uh, who they were meant to be and fulfilling their potential and really shining uh, at the end so yeah definitely stuck with me uh, the other one is God of War which is on the PlayStation 4 I haven't 4, played God of so War I don't know 4 if you, yet if you've played that. I, I, play, I played both of the God of Wars sorry yeah Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. from both of us. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. Um, so, for anyone listening, if you haven't played the latest God of War, but have played the previous mm-hmm. God of War games and think you know what this one is like, it's not. Like, it's not like the previous games. And essentially, what they've done is they've kind of redesigned the character Kratos and added a lot of depth by having him, first of all, be an older sort of um, character. Uh, and also introduced his son Uh, and like I said with sort of you know the message in the story for me sort of what this game does so well is introduce that that story and that theme to add a lot of depth to the the gameplay and in this case you've got this this character Kratos and his son going on the journey and you're you know all the good mechanics are there the fighting mechanics is it's very satisfying uh, but at its heart what it's about is this it's about this man trying to become a father um, to this boy and you kind of see how both characters change and how they reflect those changes in the story but also in the uh, in the gameplay mechanics um, and yeah, I just like love that story from beginning to amazing. end. Amazing, uh, yeah, it sounds fantastic. like a, a yeah. an amazing game. God of War Four is is one of those things that I was like, yeah, I need to play that. I need to play that. And then I I just never <laughs> got down to doing it at all. And I don't know why I say that. I always say that about these new games. <laughs> always, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I need to I, play I that. Can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. put that at the top. I would, yeah, I'd definitely put that at the top. It, I, for me, it's it's 
it's arguably arguably mm. the best game of this generation. Like, yeah, that's yeah, where I'd, wicked, I'd put wicked. It. Um, Rich, how about you, man? I mean, I know you're. Um, you, you mentioned you're not necessarily a, a, a big manga reader, or haven't been in the past, but um, but I know recently you've you've kind of taken a foray into um, mm. into reading a little bit more manga. Has, has there been anything um, that, that's kind of stood out to you from the world of, of manga so far? Uh, Levias as as a is it was basically a, a Netflix show, um, which is is basically about a a boxer who has one robotic arm and the is almost like a UFC type of tournament where the boxers have like mechanical appendages and the more money you have you know the, the better you know the, the the better machinery you have and you know the better boxer or fighter that you that you are and uh, Levias is the main character but he only uses one arm to to actually to actually fight i think is he he keeps the other arm to kind of remind him of what it is to be to be a good person or to, or to be human and and I, and that story has got me um but that's not the story that i would choose um it, i would choose a similar story to that um or similar outline story to that but it would be more it'd be from a film um and it'd be rocky and the reason why i like rocky is because rocky is just one of those i mean aside from the fact that a lot of people have kind of falling into that whole thing of that you know the 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 stereotype of Sylvester Stallone playing the character Rocky Balboa and just being this this stupid guy it's just a story that has a lot of heart and I like the fact that it has a beginning a middle and an end and the thing that the other thing that I love about it as well it has very many similarities in how characters are structured that you'd find in say like in anime or manga um, as opposed to stories that you find in the west maybe that's just my own personal opinion but when you're watching things, let's say like, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender, which we mentioned, or um, Naruto, they always seem to have a character that has an upwards build, you know, a, 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 an upward build up. So they don't start to be the strongest, the smartest, the fastest. They, there's always life lessons that, that needed to be that need to be learned for them to then become the best person that they can be. And I love that in, in the first Rocky movie, especially considering the fact that he loses. He actually doesn't lose the fight. He just does the best he can be. So in essence, he actually does end up being the winner. So that's one story that, that I always go back to just because I love. Um, in regards to anime, um, I'm, you, you, I mean, this is going to be a bit of a plug for other show as well. But it's always going to be Cowboy Bebop. Anybody that knows me knows it's always going to be Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I yeah. mean, the, and the thing that I love about the story of, you know, aside from the fact that there's there's multiple characters in that, is once again, the, well, in fact, I think is the whole thing of that you don't actually see people progress in, let's say, regard to skill or anything or anything like that. You're given a character at a specific point in their life, and I like that fact that that's exactly how life is, and I think that's one of the things that stands out about Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Champloo. Um, or even Carol, like you know, the, the latest one from Shinichiro Watanabe, um, Carolyn Tuesday, is the same thing. Like you know, like we're friends of Nigel. We met Nigel three years ago. You know, anything else that we know from before that, that you know, he's going to tell us, or we're going to meet people that know him. But we're always going to have that specific moment in time where we know each other and we go through particular things. And I think that's another amazing way of telling a story. And um and I think I and I like those stories as well because when they do end, it's almost like you know, it's almost like, like real life. I mean anybody who hasn't seen the end of Cabo Bebop, I'm not gonna spoil it. But when that when the credits for that last episode rolls, 
Like you can't help but shed a tear. I remember the first time I watched it, and I've said it many a time before, or let's say the second time I watched it with the next girlfriend, and I was actually staying at hers, and she ended up crying and asking me not to leave. Like you know, so there's two types of stories that that I that I like in the way how they're told, but those two that I, I always go back to. Um, in regards to say like the manga say something like Levias, I just like the fact that it's got beautiful artwork and it's you know and it does tell the story of a character just trying to be the best he can be as well. So I, I don't I can't really add anything to that until I start reading some more. But let's say let's see what happens when the next question well when that question comes up again later on, then I'm I'm able to add a bit more to it. Cool. No, that's a lot, man. You've added a lot. So yeah, don't feel no way about your answer. That that's perfectly cool. <laughs> um, for me, I'm going to stick with the manga theme There's loads of stories that have, have stuck with me over various um, different mediums But I think uh, seeing as Nigel is, um, works in the field of manga, I think I'll stick with manga So um, there's three particular manga that always kind of stick in my head um, There is one called Battle Royale, which I'm sure some of you listening will be familiar with Which is um, has been the inspiration for many a Hollywood ripoff over the years. Um, I'm, I'm sure Rich will be able to tell you exactly which movies have have ripped off Battle Royale in the, um, <laughs> over the the recent years. But but essentially, it's a very simple premise. It's um, a group of rather unruly school children from uh, a class who have all failed entrance exams or, or done like really bad things. Um, they all get put together on a plane and then dropped off on an island and the island has a certain amount of weaponry and things on like that on it um, and they're given 24 hours to basically survive on, on the island um, and the last student standing um, gets to leave the island a, a free person and um, it's very much kind of based on, on like the classic sort of Lord of the Flies type tale of you know showing the, the, the kind of dark side of humanity Um and boy is it graphic <laughs> like I'd, i think it, it was one of um mm. it wasn't the first manga that i'd read but certainly one of the first mangas that, that i read when it came out and um yeah i was kind of not ready for the level of, of explicit violence and rape and all kinds of shit that goes on i was like my god this book is full on but um but it is a great read because it's as said it kind of taps into that dark side of of human nature and exposes it um you know and, and shows exactly how depraved human beings will become when you know they feel that they're made to feel uncomfortable and taken out of their comfort zone and you know we're certainly seeing that in the world today in certain countries so um you know it, it, it's kind of pertinent as well so that's always kind of stuck with me. Um, GTO is another one, uh, which is a, a really bawdy comedy. Um, it's basically about a guy who is totally preposterous, but the guy is used to be a, a biker gang um, member in, in Tokyo and decides one day he wants to become a school teacher um, because for some reason he believes he has the, the, the moral fibre to, to lead the next generation of, of Japanese um, students into the world. Um, so he applies, somehow passes his entrance exam through a series of, of crazy events um, and then gets appointed at a high school. Whilst he's at the high school, he decides that he's going to use it as an opportunity to perv over a load of teenage girls, which, um, yeah, is not. P 
PC and to- totally not politically correct. I mean, GTO, I don't think you could ever bring out GTO in, in this environment, in this day and age, because, <laughs> yeah, you, you'd have, like, just, you'd just have an absolute shitstorm. But it kind of has a, a lot of charm. And, and what I like about it from a story point of view is that, um, you know, it's almost a classic hero's journey in a sense that, uh, the the main character Akechi Onizuka goes on this journey where he starts off being an idiot and and quite a nasty idiot and by the end of the story is is somebody who's developed hugely has has come to you know to respect his students one by one and and come to respect how important a teacher's role is in you know a student's life not just for their education but for everything else. Um, that a teacher can provide and he takes that responsibility very seriously and and as said he kind of learns and he grows and he realizes that some of his behaviors aren't necessarily appropriate and and changes um and you know it's it's a wonderful story but it's also very 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 funny um it's really funny as said it is absolutely not pc i cannot recommend it to you if you want to get it for kids or anything like that so i certainly would not um recommend it to you unless you've got some very emotionally mature children but um but it's worth a read for for you know the laughs that that come along with it it's really (laughs) really funny um and the last manga is is probably if i'm pushed my favorite manga that um i've ever read and that's uh, an absolute classic called lone wolf and cub um again i'm sure many of you are familiar if not with lone wolf and cub necessarily then definitely familiar with things that are based on lone wolf and cub like the movie shogun assassin which was a inf- infamous video nasty from um those of you who remember that period in in the 1980s where um the government were seeking to ban loads of vhs movies um shogun assassin was one of those because it was quite graphically violent um you also had uh, a comic book american comic book series uh wrote a tradition um which was then turned into a movie with tom hanks that's basically just a straight up remake of um Lone Wolf and Cub and I seem to remember as well the the comic book writer of Road to Perdition basically saying that he wanted to do an American remake of Lone Wolf and Cub so he he kind of didn't even um you know he he, he was like this is my homage to this story because I I love it so much um but Lone Wolf and Cub is essentially a, a story set in feudal Japan um it follows a uh, the shogun's executioner um, called Ogami Ito, which is um, you know quite a prevalent position to have in in um, feudal Japan. Um, you know it comes with a lot of privileges and, and wealth and things like that because of um, the honor system that that they were adhering to at the time. Um, but he gets usurped by a rival clan, um, and the leader of this rival clan arranges for. Um, Ogami to be assassinated but the assassination attempt goes wrong and his wife is killed instead and he and his young son Diagoro um, manage to escape and they basically go on the run in, in feudal Japan and, and have um, various different encounters and, and confrontations with uh, the rival clan and with different people and different characters um, but the story is just 
it, it's such a simple tale and yet it's so beautifully told um you know Agami Ito is is a man of few words and and when he does speak it's usually something deeply profound and so profound that it ends up moving other characters to tears in in the book literally um but you know it, it, it's it's just such a simple as said an affecting story and I, I really really loved it um the artwork is also amazing as well it it, it kind of really evokes a, a lot of the imagery of of um japan and and you know the green open fields and um the dense forests the waterfalls um the wintry uh plains that, that, that get snowed in during the winter periods it's all so vivid and that is incredible to me considering it's all done in black and white with no use of color so um you know they've done a tremendous job with that and um it's definitely one of those stories that will stick with you for for years and years to come um and as i said it's inspired so many other stories in in the west um that that were remakes of it i mean even the the, the character of agami ito i believe is is um one of clint eastwood's uh characters i think it may be the man with no name from um one of the westerns was um i don't know if it's the guy from the good the bad and the ugly i can't remember but um one of Clint Eastwood's kind of famous Western characters is is supposed to be partially based on on Agami Ito, um, and on his kind of philosophy and 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 how he kind of um, views his situation and his purpose in in life after um, the things that he's been through. So, yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub for me is um, is definitely one of the the greatest stories that, that I've ever read and um, has stayed with me for many many years since, and, and will probably always stay with me. So yeah, that's it. Um, thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, thanks for your contributions. Uh, we do have some listener contributions as well. Um, shout outs to uh, a few people uh, who got in touch and, and got involved with us as well. I will let you know who those are now. So we had um, a big shout out to uh, Tariq El Shawabi, who said uh, Shadow of Colossus, a modern masterpiece and one of the greatest fairy tales in existence. So have either of you ever played Shadow of Colossus? So, Shadow no, of Colossus. I haven't actually. Mm. I've been me- keep being Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know if you've heard it. of it, Rich, have you? I think I think I have. Yeah, yeah, I think it they, they gave it away free um with um with PlayStation Network oh, a couple of months okay. ago. Um, so I've, I've yes, I've actually got it. I've got she got it on my hard drive, and um, it, I mean it's it's a it's a beautiful oh, looking game. That. that and it, I mean, I mean, when when you see it, you you know what I'm talking about. But the story I've heard is just is it's amazing as well. So uh, at some point, I will be talking about mm. that when I when I do play it as well. Cool. Big shout out as well to Uncle Anks. He said every episode and season of The Wire best narrative I've ever seen. Well, yeah, you're not really gonna get a lot of disagreement from me. <laughs> oh yeah 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 Mm. that's probably my favorite show ever yeah i mean the wire is is just i i've heard like i think the best review i read for the wire said that the wire is basically a novel in in visual form which which is a such a brilliant description because it it essentially is when you take it Mm in its um you know some totals from from season one to season five it effectively is a, a a dense kind of five chapter novel with so many different characters and so many different moving parts but yet everything kind of seamlessly fitting together to explain this this yeah. whole bigger picture you know of, of what's going on like 
I think in a similar way, like I mentioned, uh, I was watching Gotham uh, and not to sort of uh, disparage Gotham because I did enjoy that show, but The Wire is just like a, another level uh, on another couple, few levels maybe mm. um, on that format of yeah, like, the yeah, city yeah. being the, the main character. Um, so you, you talk about the, you know, the, these five distinct chapters and each taking a different look at the uh, different part of, of Baltimore, but also they all link together and, and how mm, it also mm, has a lot of like mm. cause and effect in some of the yeah um, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's um, su- such a great show. yeah that's that's a brilliant point it's it's the examination i mean that's what the whole show effect effectively is it's a, a massive examination of cause and effect and how you know if you have one incident that happens here the ripple effects of it will, will mm. be felt everywhere and um you know i've always thought that's such a hard thing to do as a writer to kind of do that and then explain it but not in a way that is kind of you know heavy on exposition and 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 kind of boring the audience and and somehow they've they've managed to pull it off with the wire i don't know how they did it but but yeah it's it's quite incredible so um yeah big up to uncle angst for that one and um from cims software we got uh i like the plot in shawshank redemption it is one of my favorites and um, yeah, I like Shawshank Redemption too. I mean, that's one of Stephen King's classic stories, and um, the movie adaptation is is brilliant as well. Um, so yeah, again, no complaints for me. So thanks a lot, everyone, to sending in your um, questions and your suggestions. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, as said, there'll be a short trailer at the end of the podcast that will let you know how you can reach out to us on social media and via email and other platforms. Okay, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So, um, yeah, before we go, Nigel, uh, do you want to let everybody know where they can find uh, Mayamada? Yeah, uh, so the best place for us is our website, mymada.com. That's M-A-Y-A-M-A-D-A.com. And from there, you'll also be able to check out our Gamepad events, or you can just go straight to gamepad.events. And once we have information on our sort of upcoming online event, we'll uh, put that on on that website. Um, And then we're also on sort of social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram being the main ones. So, yeah, just search mymada. Um, or my meta tease on uh, Instagram. Wicked, uh, thank and you. You'll find us. And um, Rich, how about you, buddy? Yes, Where nice. can people uh, chat to you if they want to get in touch? Instagram and Twitter. I am Rich Reviews. Rich, my you Rich are, Reviews two six six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. Rich Reviews two six six. I'm, 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 I'm tired. It's late. <laughs> um, and then obviously you've got you know Wulong Talks on on Instagram and Wulong Talks on Twitter mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. Yep, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So um, yeah, make sure you hollow out us as I said. Uh, have a listen to the end of the podcast, and you will hear how you can get in touch with us. Um, right, a couple things just before we leave. I uh, want to say a big thank you and a shout out to Rob Wade from. Uh, emotionally 14 uh, emotionally 14 is a new network that is home to some great hand-picked podcasts from the the big man rob wade himself um, make sure you go and check some of those out there's some really brilliant content out there including the tumbling saber podcast which is one of my favorites it's star wars centric and um, if you're a star wars fan uh, it, it's a must listen so make sure you go and check out emotionally 14 online um, and also just to say you know rich mentioned cowboy bebop um 
in as one of his favorite stories and um yeah we need to do a bebop rewatch <laughs> you've probably all forgotten that the bebop rewatch actually exists because we kind of did <laughs> for a while um but we haven't forgotten about it we um just had to park it because you know life taken over but we will be bringing it back um we will be continuing with that because we barely even scratched the surface of of that wonderful story and um you know we need to do it justice i think so stay tuned um we will keep you updated as to when the bebop rewatch is returning um and we hope you will join us for that as you do for this well, this is it for all of us. Um, so I'm going to say thank you for joining us on the Wulong Talks podcast. And Oh, if you're new here as well, um, also let us know because um, we always want to say hi to some newbies. So if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. And um, yeah, introduce yourself and, and say hi. And we'd love to chat to you and know a little bit more about what brought you along to, to Wulong Talks. So by all means, do um, um, drop us a line. All right, I'm going to say good night. Uh, so it's a good night from me. Um, Rich Kid, say good night. And Nigel, good thanks night. a lot for coming along again, sir. It was great to speak to you. Say good night. Yeah, good night. And thanks again oh, for having welcome, me. Yeah, thanks for being back on. And we're out of here. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe, people. Um, you know, absolutely stay safe, follow the guidelines of um, your local health authority, um, you know, stay safe, look after your mental health as well, be nice to each other, and we'll see you again soon. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 